500 conservatives applauded excitedly as Carl Rove rose to speak in an elegant ballroom at the Sheraton New York Hotel and Towers on the evening of June 22, 2005. This was a heady time for the activists who had gathered to honor Rove and give him an award that had previously been bestowed on such stars as Ronald Reagan and Jack Kemp. President Bush had been re-elected five months earlier by a margin of 3.5 million votes. Despite fierce campaigning by grassroots Democrats and millions of dollars poured into the race by liberal donors, Republicans and conservatives viewed Bush's victory over John Kerry as nothing less than an emphatic affirmation of American support for their principles. Bush himself said at a press conference two days after the election, I've got the will of the people at my back. The Republican victory, in fact, owed a good deal to superior political tactics, and Bush and his party were still benefiting from the emotions surrounding the September 11th terrorist attacks. But those factors were downplayed in the post-election euphoria. I earned capital on the campaign, political capital, Bush said, and now I intend to spend it. It wasn't just Bush's victory that lent credence to the notion that America was becoming more Republican in a fundamental way. In the Senate, Republicans swept six open seats in the South and increased their majority to 55 to 45. For some conservatives, the sweetest part of that outcome was the defeat of Senate Democratic leader Tom Daschle of South Dakota, a frequent Bush critic. Republicans had fared well in the House also, increasing their majority by three to 232 to 203. Never had the party's future seemed more assured. That was the landscape as members of the Conservative Party of New York gathered to hear Rove's speech at the Sheraton. Founded in 1962 in the belief that even the Republican Party was too liberal, the Conservative Party had become an important political force in the state. The audience could not have been more friendly to Rove, widely praised as the architect of Republican victories in 2000, 2002, and 2004. It was fantastic. Sean Marie Levine, the Conservative Party's executive director, said of the celebratory atmosphere that night, When a gentleman gets up and says what you believe, it's refreshing and wonderful to know he is right up there with the leader of the free world. People went wild. The pudgy, bespectacled, buzz-cut rove was to make news that night with the sort of cutting comment that had become his trademark. Conservatives saw the savagery of 9-11 and the attacks and prepared for war. Rove said. Liberals saw the savagery of the 9-11 attacks and wanted to prepare indictments and offer therapy and understanding for our attackers. In the following days, Democrats angrily demanded that Rove retract his statement that liberals wanted to offer terrorists therapy. It was a reflection of the political moment that Rove shrugged off their demands without consequence, while the White House stood by his comments. But by far the greater significance of Rove's speech was the vision he outlined of an imminent era of conservative Republican dominance. Rove was a student of history. His White House office featured two pictures of Abraham Lincoln, a Lincoln campaign banner, letters from James Madison, and a Theodore Roosevelt campaign ribbon. The first book Rove had ever read in second grade was Great Moments in History, and he kept a framed copy of its first page. The strategist was fascinated by the presidency of William McKinley, who had ushered in a Republican era at the beginning of the 20th century. Rove's grand theory, as he offered it in his speech, was this. American liberalism had peaked 
40 years earlier with the landslide election of Lyndon Johnson in 1964. Back then, it was liberals who had energy, idealism, and momentum. With the just-concluded 2004 election, the pendulum had swung forcefully in the other direction, and it was now the conservatives' turn to dominate the American scene.